Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for working women, where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know about, and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. Hello, my working girl gang. I hope you've had an awesome week this week. I hope work is going good. We are finally in October, so it is that festive time of year. So go grab a pumpkin cookie and let's dive into today's episode. So today is a special episode because it perfectly aligns with last week's episode. Last week in episode 70, we heard some amazing advice and tips and just so much inspo from Des, co-founder of Creative Label. And today on episode 71, we are talking to Aisha Marshall, who is also the co-founder of Creative Label. Before I get into Aisha's bio, just a reminder that today, because this is part of that Creative Label two-part series, we are not doing headlines today because I want to dive in right into the interview. So, Aisha is the co-founder and VP of branding and digital marketing at Creative Label. Creativity and Aisha go hand in hand. She has adopted a special niche for finding the most unique visuals for clients. Aisha is an Arizona State University alumni, go devils. She has a bachelor's in journalism and mass communication and a Juris Doctorate from Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law. In this episode, we talk about Aisha's journey going to law school and starting Creative Label with Des, where to begin when building a brand, what's that first step to take? We dive right into that and it's awesome. We also talk about working with clients and how to make those relationships successful and other learning lessons as a business owner. I'm so excited for you to hear this one. Aisha is so fun to talk to. It was awesome and Aisha and Des are just powerhouses. I loved chatting with them, so I'm so excited for you to hear this. Welcome, Aisha, to the show. So excited to have you, Aisha. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Love it. Well, we are so excited. We just had Des on, so we're excited to see the other half of Creative Label. So first up, we want to dive back in typical working girl talk fashion. Let's go all the way back in time. Where'd you grow up? What was childhood like? Did you always kind of see yourself as becoming a business owner? I grew up in Southern California. I, and with respect to business ownership, I was actually thinking about the other day, like if I met my high school self, like would I believe that I had my own business and probably I didn't really have an idea then like, oh, I specifically want to do like this one thing. Um, I know for a minute in high school, I was like, yeah, I really want to do hair and makeup and things like that. And I think that was just like the creative side of me. And, you know, um, I danced and cheered almost all of my life. And so that was like outside of the dancing portion, like doing people's hair and makeup was like a creative outlet. So I felt like, well, I'm good at this. This is probably what I'll do. Um, So I think I've I know I've always been creative. Funny enough, in in elementary school, I don't know what grade I was in, but there was a, a contest to create the yearbook cover, and you had to like submit like artwork basically, but drawn like hand drawn, and um, people would vote on if your like drawing would win the yearbook cover. And I remember working so hard on it and like practicing and figuring out like what type of I don't know, yearbook cover everyone would like. Anyways, I won the yearbook cover. Um, and I don't know where that is, but that's always been like one of my, fa- <laughs> my favorite accolades. 
That is awesome. So always the creative type. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. So you end up going to journalism school. You meet Des there. And then you go to law school. So talk about that decision. Like, did you want to be a lawyer or was that kind of just like a step? I wanted, I loved journalism, but I hated journalism. And like, let me explain what that means. Like, I loved the news. I loved knowing things. I love storytelling, especially. Um, And, but I hate the way like newscasters talk, like that cadence, like, and today there was like a weather storm and then you'll hear like weather in the B-roll. <laughs> and then <laughs> I just cannot stand it. It's, a, it's like a local news format, I feel. Um, but I loved CNN correspondents and I realized that CNN correspondents are not just like how regular news people are. You're usually niche in something. And so super passionate about the legal fields, super passionate about education law and internet law and felt like law school was a natural next step with the journalism background. Like to me, I was like, oh, this is easy. Like it's a dual thing and that is where it will lead to and whatever else. And then I got into law school and was like, I don't like this really. Um, My creative cup was not like overflowing. I think I'm a little bit unique in a way in that I enjoy things that aren't particularly creative, but I do need to be filled in that creative role. And so um, I'm driven by accolades and law school like really just was like an addict with, I was like an addict with accolades, right? Like how like, can your GPA be, can you be in law review? Can you be in moot court? Can you do all of these things? Can you get a really high paying job? Like my resume was great, but I just wasn't like completely fulfilled as I was leaving law school. So was there like a specific like breakthrough moment of, hey, I need to start my own business or was it just like throughout law school, like maybe like a little feeling? I haven't really ever been a big risk taker when it comes to just like taking a leap and doing something without a backup plan. And so starting my own business was an idea that I knew I had. I don't know what I was listening to. Um, It was something and like a podcast or something. And, and it said, if whatever you do doesn't keep you up at night, like if you don't lose sleep about it, if you aren't like so excited that you don't ever want to stop until you're perfect, like that's not your passion. And I remember thinking like, yeah, like I don't really feel like that about the legal field at all. Like I can go to sleep whenever I want to go to sleep. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's not keeping me up at night. Um, so I'm doing like legal stuff in the background. I, have a job offer post, it's not college, law school. (laughs) And then simultaneously, I was getting married and planning my wedding. And Des and I were talking about starting a business together and how cool that would be. And we were dating, our partners were professional athletes at the time. And so that just causes a lot of like moving around and you can't really plant roots. And if I would have taken that job offer, would I be able to start a business? Would I be able to like do long distance marriage? That's kind of weird, right? So all in all, like it was just talks. While Des and I were like thinking of names and thinking of like website stuff, like we were not dragging our feet, but not super intentional, but it was keeping me up at night. Like I was fine doing law school stuff, working in the legal field and doing this stuff on the side and I was like this is it like this is what's keeping me up at night like this is what I was looking for um 
so got married during spring break of law school, which is like regular spring break. And then my husband and I were at the pool and my wedding planner texted me and was like, hey, like, are you sure you want to be an attorney? And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to be one. Like joking, like serious, but like, yeah, I definitely don't want to be one. And then she was like, well, we'd love for like to hire you to be like, do our marketing and our branding and all the things. Like we just saw the way you worked with your wedding and the things that you did. And we just think you'd be a great value add. And I was like, Des, what do I say? Like, should I tell them that we're starting our business? And like, maybe I wouldn't be their employee, but they can hire us. And um, so that happened. And ironically, at the same time, Des had a per another offer from another like family friend that was like, hey, I'm trying to hire someone. Like, do you think you'd want to do it like for my company? And me and Des were like, no, try to pitch our own company. And like, let's just see if they fall for it. And so <laughs> the company kind of found us in a weird way. And we like said yes every time. And then um, luckily for me, I, I turned down my law school, post-law school job and moved with my husband to live where he was playing. And so that afforded me the opportunity to be able to like fully transition. So cool. And I asked Des this, but she said to ask you because she didn't know. How did you guys come up with the name Creative Label? <laughs> I honestly, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, I don't well. know either. I really don't. And <laughs> it's I always try to think about that. What I do know is that Des and I could not agree on like many names. We couldn't agree on like anything. So funny. And I guess this is what we agreed on. <laughs> it's so boring. That, no, no, it's great. Being a business partner with somebody like that can be challenging at times, especially when it's somebody who's your friend. Like what is like the biggest takeaway to somebody who does have a business partner and they don't want to fall into any of those classic like where they get on like bad terms or anything like that. It's like, what has been the biggest learning lesson for you? I think one of the first learning lessons was that you, you may be compatible with someone business-wise, but it doesn't mean that you guys have to think the same. And so I think a point of contention in the beginning was like, you know, if you were to tell us to both get to this outcome, I would go from A to B and Des would maybe go from D to E and I would be like that's not how you do it and she would be like that's not how you do it right and so at first I used to think that that was a flaw within our relationship but um, I actually think it's a value add because you're able to like cross-reference between different things and you're also able to see maybe holes in something and like merge two ideas together or do one way over another so just knowing that like everyone doesn't have to think like you or handle things the way you would handle them. So long as your objective is the same and the company is like the uh, priority, I feel like it, it always makes alignment easy. And we kind of treated it ironically. Uh, I was also getting married at the time. So like doing marriage counseling stuff, some of the things that like, we would apply to business, like, you know, you take yourself out of the situation. There's always gonna be arguments. There's always gonna be disagreements and whatever, but taking yourself out of the situation and figuring out what's best for the company usually puts you guys both in alignment. I love it. That's such great advice. And that's cool. I mean, it really is like a relationship, a partnership. Like that's great advice to kind of treat it the same. Yeah. Yeah. Law school. So diving into your own business, I think that jump, maybe people don't think of, cause that isn't like the traditional career path, but I think more and more career paths are looking like that. It's not some linear thing where there's like a set path. It's always changing. And 
I wanted to ask, how has that law school background helped you in owning a business now? So much. I mean, I there have been so many situations where I've said things that I wouldn't have known otherwise. I wouldn't have known from not having been in law school that this is something that's important that businesses should do or like how to separate money be from a ethical standpoint, right? Or, or like just certain laws. Like I said, I loved internet law so much. So there were certain things that I would know like that apply to social media at the same time. And then having that duel with the journalism background, you know, at the, the height of when I was in college, so many people were losing their journalism jobs because it's like a one-stop shop. So you kind of have to be grimy and gritty and figure out how can I record my own B-roll and record my own set and, and write my own script and do my own things because that's what's going to make me marketable when I try to go somewhere. But that's the same thing if you think about it from our agency perspective, like being a one-stop shop and doing it all for clients just gives you some skill sets that while the diploma might not say, yeah, you're going to be an entrepreneur, but what you learn in school is super helpful for entrepreneurship. Yes. I love that. It doesn't matter where you're going to end up, but it's prepping you for wherever you end up going. Exactly. Love it. Um, so I want to dive into branding because this is your bread and butter and I'm excited to dive into this with you. So if somebody is new to like, maybe they have a business or a product, but they do not have like a brand identity. They do not know where to start. Where would be a good like starting place? Is it like finding colors, a logo? Like what is like that first step they should take? I definitely think ugh, that's a hard one. And, and I always get that type of question and I'm like you gotta start with a lot of things um and this is a hindsight answer story branding meaning what's your message what problem are you solving how do you talk to your ideal audience what does your ideal audience like what makes them tick with respect to purchase making decisions what are how do you communicate with your ideal customer or consumer or whatever that is that has nothing to do with visuals yet. And it's not like the sexier part, but if you have that down, you can do messy action. I hate messy action. I know a lot of people advocate for it. I particularly hate it, but if we're, you know, being the entrepreneurs that we are a little bit gritty and grimy and figuring out whatever it is that you have to do, having a story brand leads to a solid foundation and you can potentially bring in revenue that way because you're talking to your customer who's like listening to exactly what you're saying because you're resonating with them. Generate revenue, do messy action, then build out a very beautifully aesthetically appealing brand. If you don't do it that way, I think what ends up happening is you build for the business that you are now, or maybe you're targeting a customer unintentionally that's not your ideal audience. And then you're working with people that you probably don't want to work with. And maybe you're not entirely fulfilled and you spent beautiful, you spent a lot of money on beautiful branding and then only to go back and say, Hey, we need to fix this because we're targeting not our ideal customer. So true. I love that advice. Cause really once you answer those, like, who are we talking to? What's our message? What's our value add? You can really answer all the other ones way mm -hmm. easier. Like what should mm -hmm. your colors be? If that's your person you're talking to. Right. Right. And then it'll lead to things like, well, our competitor is, you know, if you're targeting, I don't know, a younger audience and our competitor is doing something that seems a little bit older and stale. Like, why don't we switch up our colors to do this? Because we're targeting a super young audience or whatever that may be. Love it. And I know this is 
there's probably so many answers to this, but what has been your favorite branding project that you've ever worked on? That just came this year, I think. Prior to this year, it was this, this, it was such a small, a small business and it was like sisters who were starting a business together and uh, they kind of gave me creative freedom to help them figure out their name and their logo and like their video and it was so edgy and it and it wasn't what you would expect from them but they loved it and it felt really good and did really good for their community that was my very favorite project my new favorite project is light pink it's a sparkling rosé and that one is my favorite because that is from like the absolute inception sometimes you get projects where the brand's already created. There's already a ton of voice. There's already like a following and audience and all the things. But for this, there wasn't. So building that out from the logo to the packaging to the launch on social to digital events, like it's been so much fun. I feel like I know that in every project that we do, like my creative DNA is in it. But this one feels like this one feels like I birthed it <laughs> like it feel that's how close I feel to it because that's how involved we were right like from the very beginning so I love 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 that that's my favorite project right now and probably because I think I'm the target audience so I built like we built something for someone like us and we love it so yeah that is awesome the branding is incredible and I loved that you even like the packaging had your audience vote on what the can mm -hmm. should look like that was so cool. And like, what a great way to already like cultivate an audience about a product that didn't even exist yet. Like, yeah, incredible. well, thank COVID because if it wasn't for COVID, that wouldn't have been the launch. <laughs> um, but honestly, I think that COVID really showed us that you, when you're launching something and don't dig your head in the sand, just build a community and the strategy for that is how can you create a community that's making mental investments in your brand and not spending a dollar right now so that when it is time to buy, they feel like their creative DNA is in, involved in this branding or this product. They feel emotionally tied to it. And so they're going to make a decision based off that. And then it's an even better value add if it tastes great, right? Or if the product actually works. <laughs> but when you can get in the door with them on something that people need to feel and see in order to make a purchase, like think about Kim Kardashian and her perfumes. I've never smelled it, but the packaging looks great. People are posting about it. She has you vote on a few things here and there, or even voting on her outfits. And now I'm like emotionally invested because I've been taking part in it all the time, right? And now I'm gonna buy a perfume. Like um, that was a struggle with, launching an alcohol brand that you can't taste, that we can't send out mass yet because COVID has stopped a lot of production. Like what can we do to get people involved? And now I think if we were to ever launch another brand like that, we would probably do something similar because we built like a pretty badass community around this brand. Yes. It's incredible. So many good lessons there. And really like a good example too, that like even as crazy as this year has been, a lot of like good has come out of it as well. And totally, I have fallen victim to the Kardashian perfume. I totally yeah. bought it. <laughs> right? I have like, it. It, is, it smells smell great. It. <laughs> <laughs> the brand goes, oh, it looks like diamonds. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Um, and along with that, I wanted to touch on clients because you guys work with clients and that can be a struggle for people, whether it's finding the right fit for a client or just like getting that balance of like how much feedback and just that finding that working relationship. So what would be your like best piece of advice for somebody who is new to working in the client space? Boundaries. 
very, very clear boundaries, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you feel like you want to give them everything. You're so passionate and you just want to be able to be there at their beck and call because you don't want to lose their business. That was a mindset shift that Des and I needed to make was that having clear boundaries doesn't decrease the value of your service or the type of person that you are or any of those things. Not having clear boundaries actually is not scalable. Um, and if you want to have, it's fine if you have five clients, but then when you have 55, like, can you really give all 55 of your clients your phone number to text? Like, that's not going to work out, right? Um, so different things like that, figuring out what your boundaries are, I think has been so helpful for us. We didn't have them at first. Like, we were wondering why we were like burnt, uh, burning the wick at both ends or whatever. We were wondering why clients were like texting us, but like literally when it was just us, like part of our onboarding process was like contract, invoice, okay, group message. Like, no, <laughs> I wish I can go back and slap myself. Like, why would you ever do that? It's not scalable. It doesn't lead for like a good working relationship because if they text you, they expect an instant response. But if, if you're not working at that time because you're an entrepreneur and you can create the life you want to create, so long as like your deliverables are done, like they text you and you're on Instagram stories, they're going to be like, well, you saw my text and you haven't responded. There's something about an email that like you can email me and I can be on Instagram stories and you wouldn't be like, she's ignoring me. Right. So boundaries. So true. I love it. And I think that applies to like any work situation too, whether mm -hmm. you are in that corporate and it's like with a boss or a coworker really like, Hey, you know what? Like I don't answer emails after six or whatever it's going to be. So boundaries are important of that. You guys, something that I think is really cool about Creative Label is you guys are really into providing value and education that's free with Instagram Lives, with the podcast, with partnering up with Create and Cultivate, doing Instagram Lives with them and doing your free consult calls. I think that is so cool. And I, I just, I love that. And as a part of a brand, and I feel like it really speaks to a lot of people. So why was that important to you to offer stuff like that? And along with that, has that had an impact on your business? Yeah. So it was important to us because when we first started our business, it was at the height of influencer marketing and there weren't people offering information about anything. One sheets, rates, like none of it. And it was so frustrating because we felt like people were trying to hide the ball. And I think that's one of the downfall, downfalls of the influencer marketing industry is that people weren't transparent about pricing. So you have people doing things for free, which undercuts people who spend a lot of time and work to create incredible content for companies. Anyways, that's a side note. That's why I, that was a huge pain point for us. And that's why we did it. What we ended up realizing, we found one woman who shared a ton of information and was just like, abundantly mindset type of woman with her business and would teach people. And we learned a lot from her just from like contracts and things to include and things to not include. And we realized that we purchased from her because we trusted her and we trusted her because she spoke about like things in the industry that people weren't, weren't speaking about. And um, so we wanted to implement that in our like business model. In hindsight, that was the best thing to do. Here's why. One, because it gives us so many SEO opportunities when people are searching for us in the blog, like blog fashion. Two, it positions us as thought leaders in the industry. So people are constantly coming to us for advice, for tips, for tricks, and all of the things. If we never integrated a blog, if we never integrated a podcast, no one would 
be able to hear how we talk, how we write, how we're knowledgeable about anything. And no one would believe that we were industry experts. They would just think like, you know, you can, we can run a business and we can do it successfully. I mean, you don't know how many people are under us executing a lot of things. So it's been super helpful in our, and what we've noticed for us and specifically like our business model, which is an in-house but outsourced agency that helps you with branding, marketing, PR holistically. People, our biggest clients have been from speaking engagements. If we wouldn't have gotten speaking engagements if we weren't doing a podcast or a blog, we wouldn't, right? So it's like this whole ecosystem that's connected together. Uh, so that's why we did it. And I'm just like so glad that we did because it's continued to like pay us dividends over and over and over again. So cool. I love it. And I'm sure everyone else that is familiar with your brand loves it too, because it's so helpful. Every time you guys post or the IG lives, it's like, oh, good, like some good yeah. info. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, before we head into the Working Girl Talk top 10, last question What are you excited about coming up? Like, whether in the business or in like your personal career life, like, what are you excited about? I am excited. Um, in the short term, I'm super excited to get an assistant. <laughs> I think it'll just be so beneficial and helpful for me to um, just get some help on some things. So I'm so excited for that in the short term because I we're doing interviews right now and there's a few good candidates. So I'm just like excited to finally choose. And that'll be a good fit for the team and help us move the dial um, financially too with I can do more things that make us more money. <laughs> um, and then in the long term, I'm excited to get another office space. We thankfully, our where we were working out of, someone bought our landlord's building from him, or they just said like, hey, we want this building, here's a check. And he's like, oh, right, everyone move out. So that happened right before COVID got really bad. So we just never got a new place. And I'm excited to get another office space and to be able to work with people and around people and doing all of the things. Love it. Yes. Can't wait to actually see people again, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, okay, let's dive into the Working Girl Talk top 10. First one, my first job ever. I worked at Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> that was my very, very first job ever at an outlet. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I feel like Tommy Hilfiger doesn't sound like a super busy store to be in. But at an outlet where people are coming from out of town or foreign people, I guess Tommy Hilfiger is a really big deal in other places. It, I, it was just like a madhouse, the most crazy experience. It taught me so much about, you know, what you think is or what is etiquette in America is not necessarily etiquette somewhere else, but that doesn't mean that it's like rude. That was probably my biggest, the biggest takeaway, a little <laughs> diversity culture training. <laughs> An essential part of my morning routine. My devotional. I will do devotionals in the morning. Sometimes I'll do them like with people on Instagram or then I'll do them with my husband or my friends, but it's, we just communicate through the Bible app. That is super crucial to every morning. Usually yeah. regret if I don't do it. I'm like, I didn't get my mind right this morning. That's why my day is like this. <laughs> Love that. Next one. I'm obsessed with blank right now. So that could be anything, a food, a show, whatever. What are you obsessed with right now? House uh decorating Ooh. i don't know if decorating's a word maybe furnishing um i think decorating is who knows furnishing we got bought a house earlier this year and i'm just like we went from a one bedroom apartment to uh, like a actual home <laughs> and like there's no furniture anywhere so um furnishing my house has been what i've been obsessed with these days a girl boss that i look up to 
I look up to probably Bethany Frankel, I would say. Ooh. Yeah, I love her business savviness. And I also like her just like attitude and wittiness and all of the things. I'm a huge fangirl of her. Favorite account to follow on Instagram? Um, I know it's a hard one. It is a (laughs) real hard one. I know because it's like, is my work brain on or is just my casual brain on? Like, what am I, what am I thinking about? I, I really like this account. I love uh, Bravo and everything Bravo like has on their network. And there's this one account called Best of Bravo, I think. Oh, yes. I follow that one. She posts great stuff, like the funniest <laughs> memes. Like she'll post polls on like voting on, you know, Real Housewife and Bravo things. And some of it was like from over 10 years ago. And I'm just like, wow, I've been so invested that I can contribute to a poll about something that happened 10 years ago. (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) so I like that account right now. Best of Bravo is the account that I like. I have blank at my desk always. My phone, I would probably say. Best advice I've received. Self-work is directly correlated to your business growth. Favorite book or podcast that's had an impact on you? have two ones like business and one's life Um, my favorite book that's had an impact on me is called the game of life and how to play it actually don't remember the author's name um but that book is so good it's short but it is just like i could probably listen to it every week and feel like oh that's another good thing that i can like implement into my life um and then traction was so helpful from a business perspective and just getting the nuts and bolts together things that you people don't typically teach that just helps move the needle a little bit for business. That's my fave. Awesome. Okay. I need to read traction because Des said that one too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It really changed how we like did a lot of things, especially when growing a team. It's, it's super helpful for an accountability aspect and making sure that your team members are on the same page and, and financial and having those goals. And it's just, it was, it was so good. It was so good for us. Awesome. And number nine, proudest moment in your career so far? I think my proudest moment in my career hasn't happened, but I'm, I'm manifesting it now. The moment that I can go to a grocery store and buy light pink. I think that will be my proudest moment. I, I mean, we have the cans here and it's a direct-to-consumer brand, but the moment it's in a Whole Foods or in, you know, Total Wine, then I think... I'm still super proud of it, but at that point, I would be like, wow, like this is so crazy. This was like started off on a Zoom call, right? And like here it is. So <laughs> amazing. And last one, I am inspired by blank. I'm inspired by self work, which is kind of weird, but anytime like Brene Brown, for example, I watched her Instagram, Instagram, Netflix. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's necessarily a documentary, but um, she had a talk about vulnerability and I was just so inspired by that. I think hard work when you're reflecting inside yourself is difficult, but at the same time, the reward is super inspiring. So I've been lately inspired by watching other people's self-work journey and learning some of the tips to help combat the way we like talk to ourselves in our head. 
Love it. Awesome. You, you made it through the top made 10. It. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Where can everyone follow you, follow creative label, check out the podcast. So you can find us on all streaming platforms with respect to the podcast. Our podcast is called the label podcast. And then on Instagram, you can find me at Aisha. It's just A I S H A. And then for Instagram, you can find creative label at creative.label and our website is itscreativelabel.com. It's creativelabel.com. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Aisha. Isn't she amazing? Des and Aisha are just awesome. If you missed last week's episode, make sure to go listen to that one now. And before I go, as usual, at the end of every Working Girl Tech episode, I do a Friday favorite. So this is something that I liked throughout the week, something happy and positive to end the show off right. So this week, my Friday favorite is just going for it and putting yourself out there. Let me explain. I spoke at PodFest Masterclass this week, which is like a podcasting conference. And this year they're virtual, so I got to do it from my house. And it was super fun. And when I applied to be a speaker, I did not know if I was going to get selected as these things go. I just was like, you know what? I have value to offer. So I'll just apply anyway and see what happens. Forgot about it. And then I got an email that I got selected to be a speaker. So I'm not always great at this too, but I'm trying to be better at just going for things. So let's be better together. If there's something you've been putting off, do it today. Send the email, start the project, buy the domain name, start the business. I'm going to take my own advice and finish the new Working Girl Talk website ASAP. I cannot wait for you to see it. I've talked about it a little bit, but I can't wait for you to see it. So Friday favorite today is just going for it. And that could be a big step, a small step. However you need to go about whatever your dream is, just go for it because there's no time like the present. Okay, so that was some inspo for the Friday. If anything resonated with you today, make sure rate, review, and subscribe to Working Girl Talk. Make sure to copy this link to the episode, share it with a friend who needs to hear it. And while you're listening right now, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode, upload it to your Instagram story, tag at Working Girl Talk, and tag Aisha and Creative Label. We'd love to see what you think. Thank you so much for listening. Working Girl Talk will be back next week.